My name's Dr Jennifer Stone. I'm the Senior Manager of Regulatory Affairs at Mansat. Now, Jennifer, that is quite a title and we'll find out more about what that actually means in just a few minutes' time. But your journey to get to this point has been a fascinating one because you'll tell us about your very first connections with Mansat. Every year since the year 2000, Mansat sponsors a space school scholarship program, and that's to send Isle of Man students to Houston, Texas for two weeks. Um, So I actually won the very first scholarship back in the year 2000. So that was my first connection to Mansat. And so you would have had absolutely no idea what it was going to entail because no one had done it before you. So so what made you want to apply for it? Um, I loved physics and I was thinking of studying physics at university and I'd seen um, astronauts lecturing, that kind of thing. So I was always interested in space. And so this competition was announced. And I actually wasn't thinking of entering because I think I had plans that summer already. But um, my mum actually encouraged me to apply for it. Um, And I won. So yeah. Yeah, big change. And so what did you actually do when you went out there? Because was it 2000 this was, wasn't it? Yes, that's right. Um, So it's hosted by, um, it's the NASA Johnson Space Centre in Houston. And the premise of the school, um, and it's still the same today, there's been a few changes, but the idea is that you come together with high school students from all around the world and you plan a crewed mission to Mars. So you have to think of all the different aspects like engineering, rockets, training the astronauts, how do you protect the astronauts, but also things like um, the laws involved in going to space, like international treaties, policy, the business of space. So it covers a very wide range. So um, yeah, so two weeks to plan a mission to Mars. And would you have known if it would have been a successful mission if it had actually taken place? Um, I mean, we'd like to think so. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we'd like to think so. So, yeah, maybe one day we'll see some of the aspects that we thought about come to come to life. And and as you just just said there, that it d- does encompass a huge amount of mm-hmm. different elements. There, how on earth does education on the Isle of Man prepare you for something like that? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean. I mean, I was very lucky. I went to St. Ninian's on the Isle of Man and had a great education. Um, I mean, I think the education standard here is is very high. Um, But at this space school, as you said, it covers all subjects. So really for for anyone thinking of entering the competition, um, any subject applies because, I mean, the space industry needs talents from all different areas. And so how did it actually change you then? Because these would have been things you would never have done in your life before you probably met some very interesting people. What were you like when you came back from it? Right. So, um, yeah, meeting people is, is a huge thing. And you're meeting like real like NASA scientists and astronauts. Um, so it's a great chance for networking. You can ask them about their careers, how they got to where they are now. Um, so I guess before I went, I was maybe a little shy um, and so this was my first time sort of traveling by myself and um, so definitely I became a lot more confident and sort of had a more of a sense of adventure I would say. And of course as we said at the start this has led you on a, a very interesting journey which has brought you back to Mansat now so just tell us about what your role is in Mansat. Right so um, I'm the senior manager of regulatory affairs so What Mansat does is we assist satellite operators to get access to the frequencies they need to carry out their missions. And so that could be providing satellite internet, um, broadcasting, um, emergency services, um, a whole range of things. And this also covers maybe very small startups all the way up to global satellite operators. 
and um, the process for getting access to frequencies or spectrum um, is regulated by the International Telecommunications Union which is a specialist agency of the UN. And so in my role, I have to assist our customers in navigating those regulations so that they can get access to the frequencies they need and provide a service and carry out their mission. Gosh, it sounds fascinating. And and I know that you're on the island, back on the island again at Mm -hmm. the moment to go and speak to schools about what you do and also about the scholarship itself. Uh, How have the, the students received it? Yeah, I've been visiting all the schools um, during this month. I've actually made two trips to get around them all. But yeah, everyone seems very excited about it. Um, it is really a sort of out of this world opportunity, <laughs> I like to think. Yeah, so yeah, so it's been really nice to, to meet the students. And I think it's good to be able to say that I myself did it. So I, I know what I'm talking about. And it's something we talk about on the programme quite a lot is trying to encourage more young girls and women into STEM uh, mm-hmm. careers. Mm-hmm. How many women do you work with or alongside or in sort of a similar area to where you are? Mm-hmm. So I would say in engineering, um, it, the number of women can be quite low. However, I mean, in the high school stage, for our competition, we, we really get kind of half and half in terms of successful applicants. Um, so I think it's good for young students to maybe see, hopefully, role models. So people like them that have gone on to do these things so that they know that people like them can succeed. As a, a female in these, these sort of areas, do you definitely bring something different, do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I think in especially in situations like this where you're working with teams and you're working with people from other countries it's good to have a diversity of opinion so if you have equal representation of men and women I think you can achieve that I have to come, I have to come back to something as well that uh, I noticed in the information that was sent over that uh, you were in Japan for a time weren't yes, you yes I was um, your area of expertise let me see if I get this right was astrophysical fluid dynamics and plasma physics yep what <laughs> <laughs> um, so astrophysics is you're really applying the laws of physics so things that are understood on earth to, ast- to astronomical phenomena so enormous scales and well it can be enormous scales but also you also have to consider things like quantum theory so incredibly tiny so it's, it's really looking at the extremes and so for astrophysical fluid dynamics I mean we on Earth, we can study how things flow, like whether that's rivers or air or how things fly. And so it's applying that to astronomical objects. Um, so, yeah, that was that was my area of expertise. Gosh, and what do you do with something like that? Well, for me, um, I was studying how stars form. Um, but, I mean, obviously it's very, very specialised. But um, for me, I was looking at how... Um, different temperature gases interact and how that can generate turbulence and when I say turbulence I mean exactly the same thing as when you're flying and you encounter rough air and so how that kind of situation and the kind of conditions that you have in space how that might form stars um, and how star formation then affects the surrounding gases and how that influences just the evolution of a galaxy or beyond. So, I mean, I was doing a very, very, very tiny part of that, um, but that's the application. It is, it's extraordinary stuff and it's the sort of thing, it does feel like it's become more popular and a bit more mm-hmm. accessible in recent years because there's been so many more programmes and documentaries mm-hmm. and sort of almost rock stars in the kind of field, yeah, doesn't exactly, it? So yeah. do, you think, do you think that um, young people are more aware now, more excited by this? I think so. Um, I think with the advent of the internet and social media communications, um, it is a lot more accessible to people for sure. And um, 
the space agencies like the European Space Agency and NASA do a good job of sharing these things and getting people excited. So yeah, I think it's more accessible than, than ever. And I know you were saying when you were working on your scholarship, it was all about, and I think it still is about sort of a mission to Mars. Mm-hmm. Will that ever happen? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Um, whether it's commercial or government, um, we will see, but it, it is certainly being planned. Um, there are also questions of, some people argue maybe we should go back to the moon first and do some more work there before we go to Mars. That is one of the essay questions for the space school competition this year. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm sure it'll happen um, someday. How exciting. Now, coming back to the, the space school competition itself then, so how does it all work then? And, and if students are interested, how do they mm-hmm. actually get involved? Yep, so the competition is open to all Year 12, Lower 6 students that are attending school on the Isle of Man for this academic year. Um, it's an essay competition, so we have three essays. Uh, question one is, why I'm interested in space? Question two is, what do you think the future of space exploration should be for the next 30 years? And question three, as I alluded to, is should humans return to the moon before going on to Mars? Um, So I've given all the instructions to the head of six forms at each of the schools. Um, So the deadline is going to be the 9th of January 2019. Um, So we ask the students to submit their answers to all three of those questions. And then there will be a man-sat judging panel. Um, We will anonymise all the essays we get and then we'll have three people judging and then we'll announce the results sort of mid-January sort of time. So we'll do it pretty quickly. And then if for the person that's successful, mm-hmm. when do they go out and how long do they go out for? Yep, so... Um, how, we, we can definitely sponsor two scholarships. It will hopefully be three. We've been able to send three students for the last four or five years. Um, so the school is sort of the last week of July and the first to the first week of August. So it's a two-week trip. And the students will stay with a host family. So it's quite often a family that maybe works for NASA or in engineering. So that's another chance for, for people to to get some good career advice. Do you have to have sort of a, a real interest in the sciences and physics in particular? We ask that you're interested in space. That's one of the essay questions, why I'm interested in space. So I would imagine you probably like physics or that kind of thing, but the competition really is open to any subject um, because, I mean, the space sector needs people from all areas of life, all subjects. And um, at the school, this crewed mission to Mars, you will cover aspects like space law, um, finance, marketing, business. So maybe some of the less traditional sort of space subjects, those are definitely covered. So the competition is absolutely open to everybody in year 12, lower sixth. So whatever subject you're doing, it is relevant and you should definitely think of applying. Space law. Mm-hmm. That's crackers. Give me some examples. <laughs> well, there are various treaties to cover certain aspects of space, like you cannot launch nuclear weapons into space, for example. Um, what happens if, say, one country launches a satellite and then maybe it comes back to Earth and crashes in another country and causes some damage? How do you work that does, out? Does that happen? It's rare. And I mean, usually these things have burned up sufficiently in the atmosphere. It's not like you have some huge sized object coming down but you sometimes get very small pieces and so it, it can come up so you have to establish who's responsible and that kind of aspect and I mean to do with astronauts um, how do you sort of protect the astronauts what hap- what happens if something happens to an astronaut in space how how do you deal with that? So those kind of aspects are covered by space law. Wow. Yeah. So so you must spend a lot of your days just sort of 
wide-eyed and jaw-dropped at some of the stuff that you learn. What what, what yeah. are some of the most interesting things about your days at work? You, I mean, so you meet people from all around the world. I mean, I get letters from all around the world like because you have to make sure that your own satellites don't interfere with another country's and likewise they need to sort of coordinate with you. So you have to go to lots of meetings um, like this. So, for example, last month I was in Japan to meet with Japanese satellite operators um, as part of a UK-Japan meeting. So to make sure that both sides can operate their satellites without causing trouble to each other. Um, so it's, it's my job is a little different every day. Um, yeah, and it's a mix of, there's technical aspects, so science and engineering, but there's also some policy and diplomacy if you're meeting people from other places. So it's, so it's a good mix of things. I can imagine. How many satellites are actually orbiting the Earth right now? Then? Um, there are thousands of satellites. Um, there are maybe hundreds of geostationary satellites. So these are the ones that, they're in such an orbit that they look like they're sort of over the same spot the entire time. So that's what they mean by geostationary. So they're obviously orbiting, but they look like they're sort of parked over the same spot. But then there's lots of very tiny satellites that get launched. So even like, say, universities can launch these. They're quite inexpensive. Um, so there's lots of those. Those are shorter missions. So they maybe only last a few months or so. Um, there's obviously lots of scientific missions that go beyond Earth's orbit. Um, but yeah, there are thousands of satellites. And that's the thing, isn't it? You mentioned scientific missions because and university and education and that side of things, because actually we can learn so much from what is so much further mm -hmm. out there, can't we? And it yeah. seems like now more than ever, we sort of need that. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, yeah, we can le learn a lot by looking at other bodies, um, planetary bodies. And um, with the advent of internet, social media, it's it's easy to get people excited about all these things, whether that's watching launches or seeing like real pictures from them. Um, yeah. And, and I know that obviously this is a private sector sort of, of supporting education mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. a way. Why is that important? I think it's really important to give back to the community because um, it's all very well to see to say I love man in space. But if people don't understand what it, what the connection is, then it can be difficult to relate to. And um, a career in the space industry can seem maybe kind of a distant concept for people like if you know if I'm at school on the Isle of Man how can I be involved in space so um, I think it's good to connect with with the local students and and explain that it, it definitely is possible it was possible for me so for sure they can do it too. What do you think is, is the, the most important thing that you've gained from your experience? Mm -hmm. um, it, for sure, it opened a lot of opportunities for me. So a program like that can show that you can really thrive in, a, in an international setting and with people from different countries. And so having something like that on like your UCAS application for university, or even when you get to university, um, like a lot of my professors were really surprised that I'd done something like that. And then I was able to then get on to, to other sort of international programs and then that looks good if you're applying for jobs or for a PhD or whatever it is so it, it just is a really great starting point and opens up a lot of opportunities. And for, for students that have applied before have you have you gotten to see any of their sort of answers to the questions that you just suggested because I bet they get some really interesting answers. Yeah we, we get I mean across the board we always get excellent answers so it, it's really interesting for us um, to read their answers for sure so it's it's definitely a fun thing for us to do. So what, can you think of anywhere a student has said why they wanted to sort of be interested in space, what they've said to that? I mean, people want to go to space or they want to build something that goes to space. Um, 
people have talked about um, being on the island and obviously great conditions for stargazing when it's not cloudy. So people have talked about their experiences, maybe going out with their parents and looking at the night sky. So um, we get all kinds of things. We also get people that love Star Trek or Star Wars, that kind of thing. So we definitely get a wide variety of answers and always interesting answers. Excellent. So just remind everyone again, then, if they do want to apply, how do they do that? Yep. So um, you can get in touch with your head of sixth form um, for all the instructions. I've, I've given them all, all the questions, the instructions. Um, so you're answering these three questions. Deadline is the 9th of January 2019. And best of luck to everybody. <laughs>